Whether you're having a not moving off the couch while you watch the game kind of day, or a no time between conference calls kind of day, it can still be a delicious Dunkin' kind of day. And with Dunkin' now available on DoorDash, it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door. So if you're looking for coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches in the morning, craving some afternoon snack and bacon, or in need of Dunkin' refreshers for a PM pick-me-up, we've got you covered. Order now and get your faves brought to your door through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Price and participation may vary. Exclusions apply. America runs on Dunkin'. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by ShockFutsal.com, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next edition of Two Up Front. Presented by ShopFootsall.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. Simon Provan, fresh off the all-star train, back in the beautiful and somewhat still fairly warm Wisconsin as well. It's very humid. humid. Was it cooler in San Jose? No, it was warm. Was it warm? But not as Was it a dry heat? It wasn't dry, but it just wasn't as humid as it is here, believe it or not. Ah, did Did you leave the game after 30 minutes of playing and jump on an airplane like Andre Pirlo did and David Villa? You know, Baxter, I'm happy to say it was too exciting for me to do that. Ah, but you had the option, though. The airport, I did. The airport literally was 100 yards behind I, the it was, stadium. It was so cool having all these flybys during the oh entire game. Oh, my goodness. It was like, there's another flyby. There's another flyby. It's like, which one's the real flyby? Do I have to keep standing up and saluting? Like, well, I'm a little confused here. What was interesting is, is thinking about how many of those planes that I saw take off had mm. players on them. Yeah. And you're waving like, hi, Andre Pirlo. Right. <laughs> I'm just waving to random people. Frank uh, Frank Lampard wasn't there. But either way, though, we've got a great show in store for you uh, this week. A more Milwaukee-based show for those of you that are our local listeners. Uh, we've got head coach Andy Davi on the program of the Milwaukee Torrent. And, of course, Ian Bennett from the Milwaukee Torrent, the Milwaukee Wave, and the Canadian National Football That's team. the cool thing about having Ian on is it still covers our international, still an international feel of the thing. show. He's a very international guy, and he's got some uh, exciting announcements for us as well later on in the show. He has an exclusive announcement that he announces for the very first time in our program about some uh, an upcoming event, an upcoming project that he said he's, uh, he's very excited and sounded very passionate about yes. as well, of course. He's a passionate guy. He is. He's a lot of fun. He's a firecracker. Someone called him a chihuahua the other day when I was talking. I was like, oh, Ian Bennett's like, oh, yeah, he's a, he's a little chihuahua. He's just fiery. He's not very big. He's really fast, but he's just like, yeah, man, he's just, just always fired he's, up about he life. Is. He is. That's why I love he him. He loves life. He really does. He man. really does. I mean, you hear him all the time. He's like, yeah, man, I'm blessed. Like, I mean, yep. he really is. Yep. He gets to play. And we hear more about that, of course, during his interview. But uh, also Coach Davi, as we mentioned, though, from the Milwaukee Torn, gives us some insight about what it was like to, have we, uh, to win two trophies in his, their first inaugural season. And their uh, first inaugural. Yes, the first great. inaugural, brand new. Next year's the second ever, inaugural. Yes, yes. Actually, first, kind of is. That's true. And we'll get to that later as well. Irrelevant. But, but it has way, to deal with the leagues. He's got some things, <laughs> you know, when you, when you talk to Germans for a while, sometimes you get a little skewed with, you know, all that stuff. No, I, I, love, I love Coach Davi. He's a great guy. But either way, uh, some exciting announcements that he will have coming up right away here in our second segment. So be sure to stay tuned for that. A reminder to all of you, of course, that if you would like to tune into our show, we encourage you to listen to it on Fridays 
on the Sports Podcasting Network at 11.30 a.m. Central Time and on demand on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com, and, of course, on our website, www.twoupfrontsoccer.com, of course. And we are also on Facebook. That's, were, that's why you're you pointing at me. I was like, every week, Simon, we've been doing this for a year and a half, Simon, and I yeah. always give you the point. I, you know, Baxter, the older you get... <laughs> the quicker you fall out of shape. And I think but it's we this, do this, this every this, week. I think, no, last week I was gone with the All-Star game. Yeah, but we do this See, every show. This is what I'm trying I to explain to you every show. This is what I'm trying to explain to you, young one. The older you get, the uh, quicker you get out of shape. So yeah, if I'm gone for a week, it's like, wait, what happens now? Oh, that's right. When you point at me, I do the Facebook and Twitter stuff to and talk, all that. talk, say things insightful and make people ooh and ah about what <laughs> is happening. I'll in take the- that as a bad kind of compliment. Yeah, Anyways, yes, we're found on Facebook, too upfront, also on Twitter. <laughs> maybe at- not after this show. I don't know. I should take that <laughs> at- down. I'm not allowed to it anymore. <laughs> well, maybe not. We can at least tweet about it, at too upfront soccer. You're right. Uh, you can also tweet to us, or we can tweet to you, whatever it may be, at Simon Provan, at Baxter Colburn. Yes, yes, Whew, indeed. Got through it. Yes. Survived. All right. Uh, speaking of surviving, Simon, um, we survived the MLS transfer season. We have our, our first kickoff segment here, the kick around as we like to talk about it. And um, the main focus of it, and we're going to talk obviously a lot more about MLS later on in the program, but there was just so much MLS. Ooh. There was almost too much MLS. It, it, was, it wasn't even so much MLS as it was the Philadelphia Union. And D.C. United. Like, and boom, DC, bam, boom. Yes. Like, those two guys. And even Vancouver a little bit, too. It's like there's a rotating door between those three teams. Yeah. shipping players between each other now. Yeah. Uh, so Barnes heads over to Vancouver from Houston. Yeah. And, I, and I had to get on Twitter and say, so I wonder who he's going to be transferred to. Honestly, at this point, because Fabian Espindola was transferred to Vancouver. And then, like, minutes later, he was sent to Mexico, I'm pretty sure. he was sent Yes, somewhere. but he wanted that to happen, he too. He did, yes. It was kind of the backdoor way to get there, and, I, and it opened up certain things. And then, of course, Patrick Mullins, he got shipped from NYCFC to D.C. United. Uh, and then on the same side for D.C. United, they also traded for Chicago Fire forward Kennedy Igbonanike as well. It's just boom, bam, boom. They also traded for Lloyd Sam as well earlier back in July from the from the New York Red Bulls. So they're stocking up on firepower right now, at least. Yeah, DC. I, I think I got ha- I, I have a feeling that Ben Olsen went to the owners and said, "Look, I want to continue to coach this game. I want to continue to coach this team, but I need the players to do so. I'm tired of losing, and quite frankly, I don't have the players to win." I'd agree. He had a very old team, and we were very critical about that. It's like Fabian Espindola and Alvaro Salvario are old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take the, take five, seven years off those guys' careers. Oh, this is the best D.C. United team in history, aside from Bruce Arena's team, of course. However, as, we, as many folks know, of course. But um, you look at what they do now. They're bringing in a young striker from Nigeria, Kennedy Nike. They bring in Patrick Mullins, the two-time Herman Trophy champion, former Revolution player, former NYCFC player. They bring in Lloyd Sam, a dynamic outside winger for the Red Bulls. They're making moves. They brought in Lamar Nagel, of course, before the season mm-hmm. started. They're not just petty moves. They're not saying, let's just throw guys on the field. Let's see what happens. No, they're like, you know what? We need goals. We need speed. We need young players that we can develop and try to go forward. I think they're doing the right thing right now. Well, and I think part of it is a business decision, Baxter, in that they're going to be opening their stadium hopefully soon, and they want to have a good run into that. Yeah, of course. They want the fans already coming back to RFK. You know, they're they're not one of the top-drawing teams, Mm -hmm. obviously, anymore. And quite frankly... I can't blame fans for not going out to such a decrepit place. No, I mean, it's, but, it's, it's very scary. But if you can't win them over with the building, how do you win them over with exciting soccer? And, and you see that 
Olsen's trying to bring in really skilled, really young, really quick players. You're very true. You're very true about that one. All right, let's go over to their, their neighbor of DC United, the Philadelphia Union. Um, the, Biggest the, move. The confirmed things that have happened so far is that uh, U.S. men's national team midfielder Alejandro Bedoya has officially signed with the team, leaving French club Nantes. Yeah, and the Twitter sphere went crazy. The did you Nance, see this coming? The, the, I, I did not see it coming, nor did the Nance fans, and that's what I'm getting to is mm. I was going through Twitter after this was announced. It was amazing how many fans in that league side mm-hmm. were saying, why are you leaving us? We're going to miss you. Hey, you know, great journeys, but we wish you were staying. Mm. You almost wonder. Meanwhile, U.S. men's national team fans are like, but why? Exactly. We don't like you. You're so inconsistent. Well, but I I think if there's one person that's not going to be happy with this move, it's Jurgen Klinsmann. Because it's another one of his players who was playing in a a top European league that now is coming stateside But he makes the move to a... Semi top MLS team right now. Yeah, Philadelphia and I think, is one of the surprise top teams this season. And and you know a lot of people are saying he doesn't fit. He doesn't fit. I think he fits great into this. Well, uh, he fits the Union team because they got rid of Sebastian Latou. They shipped him off. He's no longer a part of the team anymore. Uh, and you, so you got to believe. Yeah. I mean, as as much as Latou was a heart of that team, this is very possibly a major upgrade. And he's for now them. at Colorado now too. So that that team gets even more older slash. Finesse at the same time because yeah, he's yeah. Oh, he's an older player, but he's a smart player. He's a very he's smart a veteran player. of MLS. Played with Seattle Sounders, of course. Came through the process with them. He's played a couple of years at Philadelphia as well too. Now he goes to a Colorado team that is looking for that final piece in the midfield. I feel like, and a guy like Latou is going to add that for them. Well, absolutely. He's a he's a smart player. He's a patient player. You know, I'm. I'll tell you what. I, I'm really excited to see him in this Colorado midfield just to see him work with the midfielders that they already do have, especially yeah. a Marco Papa. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's going to be a very good dynamic between those two. I want to go back to Philadelphia for just a minute. Sorry for being all over the place. Um, rumors right now that CJ Sapong might be on his way out to a team in Europe uh, because the European transfer window does not close until September 1st. So even though MLS has closed the window, players can still leave MLS to go to Europe because that window is open. And then the union also traded with the Revolution to bring in forward Charlie Davies as well, which is a decent move. Davies decent has been, move. Davies has been back and forth. Uh, some people have heard, of course, with his cancer, um, but also and, just with his playing time. Well, that's health. what I was going to say. That's that's the one thing that does make it surprising to me. Is, yeah, is, is, his playing you know, time is back been spotty in remission and. And uh, another another major point here too: the roller coaster of Castillo from FC Dallas yeah. heading out to Turkey. What, so, what is the official word now? Simon? He's there. He is in Turkey. It's but, a done deal. But he, it's a loan, though. It's a loan with an option to buy. Yes, which is a good option. To Absolutely. Have, They're saying uh, status reports that it will pay about three million dollars for the rest of the year, and they will owe FC Dallas more money, um, thought to be between one and one point five million dollars uh, in January. Otherwise, he'll return to Dallas. So looking at around about a four to almost four four and a half million dollar deal if they go to bat for that yeah. last remainder. Personally, I think a player like Castillo, who's young but incredibly skilled, he reads the game really well. Mm-hmm. I think he's worth a lot more I than think four so and too. a half million. I agree. But reports are also that he really did not want to stay in the league. He does not want to stay with FC Dallas. So Dallas was at the point where they're thinking Let's at least get something for him. Why not? And that was a smart move. It really was. And then, of course, the team that is not officially a part of MLS yet, Atlanta United, uh, they've signed a couple of players. I mean, we talked about it. Kenwin Jones, uh, Hector Villalaba, uh, of course, and then uh, Chris McCann as well. Um, 
as the fifth signing in club history, of course, to ex-Wigan player, uh, of course, and Coventry City as well. Look, I'm not excited about another team playing in a football stadium. I'm not excited about another team playing on the field turf. Mm. Um, and, of course, my, my well, Timbers play on field play, turf. So. <laughs> right. Um, but all these moves they're making yeah. are the right moves. They are. You know, you got Carlos Bocanegra as your technical director. You don't get much better of a mind in American soccer than a Carlos Bocanegra. You're absolutely right about that. I, I am curious, uh, too, though, flipping back up to Canada for a moment with Vancouver, what they're going to do with Giles Barnes and Fabian Espindola as well, too. They've also got Blas Perez. We've made this joke about Vancouver as well. They've got the best attack four years ago, five years ago. I mean, like with the players they have right now, I mean, you've got Blas Perez, who is still a dynamic player, don't get me wrong. And now you throw a Espindola in there, too, an older player, Capable of scoring goals, as we know, but very much towards the end of his prime. Giles Barnes is kind of the heart of the Houston Dynamo. Now he's been shipped up to, to Vancouver. Maybe some life to be injected into a, a struggling Vancouver side right now. Yeah, did you mention Ken Wade Jones signing yes. with Atlanta? Yep. I mean, that's, I did that, that. that's you know, I, I just wanted to point back to that one then, because that, that really is a big deal to have a player of his caliber signing with a club that doesn't even have boots on the ground yeah. yet. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I don't know the official details of his contract, what he's doing with his career right now. Um, he'll officially join on August 1st, and will go out on loan until January, until the, se- until the team officially becomes real at that point, once the season is over in December after MLS Cup, of course. So um, is there any of these moves at all or anything that, sh- that didn't happen maybe that you're a little puzzled by, Simon? Or what was your overall reaction to this very active, surprisingly active transfer season for yeah, MLS? Yeah, the biggest thing for me is is really just, I, I kind of hinted at this already, but just the moves that the union made. I yeah. Mean, the Bedoya move was, was huge for the union. Of course, once again, though, the Chicago Fire, they were top of the allocation order. It seems like every time they're up Shafted. at the top. But... As a player, Baxter, would you want to go to Chicago knowing what a mess that club is? No, not at all. I'd go to Philly. And I, I hate Philadelphia, and I would still go to Philadelphia over yeah. Chicago at I this mean, point. I mean, it's it's no surprise anymore yeah. that, that these players don't want to go to Chicago. And it's not it's not even so much that they don't want to sh- go to Chicago. They have a specific club they want to go to. Mm-hmm. Alejandro Bedoya wanted to go to Philadelphia. Yep. They happened to be second in the allocation order. So they had to give something up to Chicago. Which makes sense. And I think it's funny, too. There was actually rumors that Mario Balotelli was rumored to go to the Union as well, too. Is that like, right? Oh, stop now. Right. Just, just stop. He's rumored to go to every MLS team. Yeah, but, of course. Uh, one other thing I want to address, Fast Simon, uh, has nothing to do with the men's game, but has to do with the Olympics, which we'll talk about more in our third segment. It's what's going on with Hope Sola right now. Have you heard? Have you heard the chants? Have you heard what's been going on? Zika. Basically. Basically. Like you, so... So walk us through this, Simon. Walk walk us through what exactly is taking place right now. Because it's, it's a little offensive. Or maybe not. I don't not. think so. Or I don't think funny? so at all. I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious. So she goes to take a goal kick. and Now, we know what some Mexican side shout out when a goalkeeper <laughs> takes a goal kick, um, <laughs> which is why I don't find this one offensive at all. Hope sure. Solo goes to take a goal kick, and the Brazilian fans chant, chant out, Zika! <laughs> And so Hope Solo was interviewed, really and, the, and they asked her about it, and she said, you know what, this is a country that's passionate about their football, they're having fun with this, obviously we're rivals with the Brazilian team, because we're both, you know, two it of the best sense. teams in yeah. the world. So she's going to have fun with it, the fans are going to have fun with it. I've got no problem with it whatsoever. Interesting. Now, I'm trying to find the clip here, too, if I can, just for those of you that maybe have not heard about it, but it's... It's so intriguing. Well, what's what's fun about it too, Baxter? She's one of the ones that came out and said, "I don't know if I will go to Brazil." Well, because she and then she posted a picture about it too. That's what like oh I didn't see that part. She posted a picture of herself with a gas mask and like bug repellent on, saying, "You know, like I hope you know I'm trying to avoid Zika or whatever." And that's like what 
really sent the Brazilians over the edge. They're like, how dare you? Like, come on now. Like, we don't have, you know, death-killing mosquitoes. Well, we do, but that's irrelevant <laughs> right now. It was it was just so interesting. You know, and I'm I'm usually critical of her life choices, but you really you know, are. Give give her credit. I think she's having fun with it too. You know, they're, they're essentially just having fun with each other, giving each other flack about it. Exactly. No, I now I could see how some people take it as offensive that people have died from from this unfortunate. Oh, of course, it's not. It's virus. not. Zika is not one of those things that you just laugh about and be like, oh, that's not right. You know, whatever. But, but if if you're gonna post a picture of yourself in this, she really up, brought it upon herself. Well, then. There you go. She really, yeah, she did. Let's see here if I can. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I think this might be it. Hopefully, this is it. And my apologies if it's not. I was trying to. Hopefully, no pun intended. Yes. Ha. Hopefully, this is the solo clip I have to play. Okay, I'm done. Let's make sure that there's no ads, of course, because that's just how things go here. You want me to talk about something else in the You meantime? might need to, honestly, but uh, well, let's see here. It's it's just a short little clip here from NBC once, once it all officially loads here, but uh, here we go. Let's see here. This should be it. So I hear a lot of booing. Nope. There it is. Zika. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. I love it, Baxter. Fantastic. I like that. It's <laughs> It could be a lot worse. It could be a it lot worse. It could be so much worse, especially for a guy like Hope Solo that uh has made questionable choices throughout her yes, throughout her career, Simon. Yes. But uh we're gonna make a smart decision right now, Simon, and go to a break, but you have something to really say. Really quick, CONCACAF Champions League. I know Baxter, you don't care about this tournament too much. I do, I have a lot of fun with it. Oh, just of course. just just to let you know, MLS first four games that they've played undefeated so far. Vancouver gets a win, the Red Bulls get a three zero win over Antigua GFC, who's been in this tournament quite often, I believe. Maybe they're the newbies. I'm terrible at this. Portland uh, takes down Dragon 2-1. Oh, the Dragons. They slew the Dragons. What was great is Portland sold out their stadium. So it shows you how much bigger this tournament is getting. And did Caleb F- Porter show up for the game? He did. Oh, he great. did. Hey, v- uh, Valeri even started this game. Wow. Jack Mack started up front, but they hey. did bring in Lucas Milano a little bit okay. later. Intriguing. Uh, and FC Dallas, this final just in, beats Real Estalli 2-1. Uh, to one. Ah, Interesting. So, All right. Group stage is always good for MLS because they're in season. It's when we get to the quarterfinals and they got to play all those Mexican clubs. That gets uh, a little gets a gets little, little surprising. Hairy. All right, we're going to go to a break when we come back. As we mentioned, head coach of the Milwaukee Torrent, Andy Davi, will be here. Stick with us. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. Welcome back inside the studio for another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Simon Provan. Do you enjoy soccer? I do, Baxter. Do you? I really do. Do you enjoy posting about it on social media? I do, Baxter. Now, if, if, we, if we had said outlets to post on social media, where might the good people of the world find us? Well, they might find us on Facebook. Ah, Just type place. in Two Up Front in the search bar. We're, we're usually the first ones that pop up. Usually. It's the number oh, two, by the it way. It is. Number two, yes. Also on Twitter, at Two Up Front Soccer. Hmm. Heck, they can find us on the old World Wide Web. At www. Dot, well, <laughs> HTTP. Ah, backslash, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Semicolon. TwoUpFrontSoccer.com. Go there. Check it out. Buy a, buy a, buy a t-shirt. We yes. got those for sale. 
I'm wearing one right now. You are. For all of you that are listening to us, you can see how beautiful it is. Something like that. Anyway, well, the reason I asked if you like soccer, Simon, is because uh, you and I just finished our stint as the first inaugural broadcast team for the Milwaukee Torrent just uh, an, a near week ago. It seems like it was just yesterday that we were screaming goals and announcing them as champions of the Midwest Central Conference and of the Michigan Trophy and all these different things. And it's been a couple of weeks, maybe even nay, a couple of months since the head coach and owner of the Milwaukee Torrent, Andy Dobby, has been on the program. It has been, I think, so a couple I months. I think it's yeah. about that time again, wouldn't you say, Simon? I'd love it, yes. Okay, well, with that, let's welcome the head coach and owner of the Milwaukee Torrent, the 2016 champions of the Midwest Central Conference in the NPSL and the Michigan Trophy. First of all, congratulations, Coach Davi, and uh, welcome back to Two Up Front as well. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show again. It's always a pleasure to talk with you guys. Absolutely. Likewise. We're, we're excited to have you here, Andy. And uh, I think I think first and foremost, we need to just we need to be honest with you. Did you have any idea the first year would be as successful as it was? Two trophies, two championships, undefeated. Did you have any idea when you first set out to do this uh, a couple of years ago? Of course not. I mean, it's. Um you hope, you want that this works. It basically, in the first year, it has to work. Um, but that we basically, yeah, we lost only that one game in the scrimmage against, against Marquette, uh, that we clearly lost to a much better team at this point. But um, otherwise, guys got better from, from week to week in practice, got more and more on the team, got more and more into the system, and it was just... I mean, even with, uh, with the people, I mean, you start with the attendance, uh, with how many people came to the games. There was also development from week to week. And, um, yeah, it was just, it couldn't have gone any better off the way it went. It was perfect. Talking with head coach of the Milwaukee Torrent here on to up front, Andy Davi. One thing I'm curious to ask you about, uh, Andy, is that um, your team came under a little bit of criticism for the, the teams that you play in your in your division, the Chicago Mustangs, the Minnesota Twin Stars, and LC Aris FC. You soundly ran past all of those teams without really any threat. You had a 27 and two goal uh, goal for and against uh, you know goal difference this year as well. Do you think that that criticism is is wrong for saying that you guys didn't really play anybody that that strong all season long, or was it just the fact that your team just came to play every single game and just completely outplayed their competition each for ninety minutes? Well, I mean, you know, you can see it. You can see it this way and this way. I mean, at one point, we picked we picked the NPSL for the reason that it is one of the longest running leagues in America. It is the biggest league in America. Um, that other teams or other clubs are not joining the NPSL because of financial reasons. That is not. Um, that is nothing that we have to deal with from the competition that you get on a national level because we compete on a national level. Even that we just did the provisional the provisional season this year, mm-hmm. but we compete on a national level, and um, obviously all those things they cost a little bit of money. Um, there are so many soccer players everywhere in, in the Midwest. And um, you can say on one side, um, the competition that was not good. On the other side, you maybe should see how good is the Milwaukee Torrance. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. and, I think, and I think this is what I miss a little bit with, uh, with the players that we have on, on our roster. Um, those are really, really good soccer players. They all played on a 
collegial level. Uh, some of them played already as pro. I mean, we have a current USL pro uh, champion in uh, on our on our team. Um, we have teams. We have players who played before a USL. We have players that played PDL. I mean, some people forget this. Um, and um, if you if you if you beat a team like the like Chicago Mustangs, who basically in the other games had no problem against those teams that we also played, but then we were just much better, hmm. then maybe it is time to just recognize and to say, hey, you know what? Maybe the Milwaukee Town is just a good soccer team, yeah. and they are much, much better. And the way they play and the whole coaching staff and the organization, uh, I don't. I, I think we're not getting enough credit for that. But hmm. that's okay. We have, we have all people who support us. We are there for those guys, and they like it, and we go from there. So, talking about going from there, Andy, next season, um, what's what ne- what does next season look like? NPSL have they have they made this Midwest Central Division uh, the real deal because it's been provisional this year? What what is what does next year look like for you? So next year, the NPSL, um, it will not be provisional. The reason why it was this year provisional, the whole division. Um, came together really. There were two teams who left the, the central division and then there were only, um, the, the teams, um, the cross and Minnesota was, was left. Mm. Um, so, and because the Mustangs came in so late, we came in at the end a little bit later. You have to see the, basically the regions or the divisions. They're all set already in November, December. So when this all came together, it was already everything was set, and they didn't want to reshuffle it. So we did that provisional division. Hmm. So next year, what's going to happen is that they reshuffle the divisions again. There's talks with um, other teams in the in the Midwest. Um, it looks like the two teams from Indiana come over to our division into the Central Division because it makes no sense that they go all the way to the East Coast. And um, we're going to have um, five or six teams in the Central. And then if we win it next year again, we qualify for regionals. It will be the normal system next year. Everything will be normal. Okay. Um, yeah, that's so far what, what's the news about the NPSL. How much did it kill you with the success that you had this season to not be in the NPSL playoffs with their, <laughs> you know, their championship game coming up on Saturday? What do you think your chances yeah. would have been, Andy, of being in that championship game? Uh, I'm seriously believe he would be in it because if you um, but he can say again that people say oh yeah look who they played in 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 the in the division but um, again I think there's a there's a good chance because when you see who all made it to the Midwest regionals but all, with all my respect to those clubs of course but with a point average of 1.8 or 2.2 um, I think we had a really good chance to be in it and. Um, I can I can guarantee you our team will be stronger even next year. We're already we're already in talk with players who were not on the roster this year. Um, we have already eleven returning players who signed extensions, and now day after day we're going to we're going to publish those players. We're going to have tryouts again, and um, it it will be. I truly believe the roster will be better than this year. Can you give us a little bit of insight of who some of those eleven players are? I know I know you're announcing some of them, but can you can you give us a couple of names, or is that something you still want to just wait to release on your own time? 
Yeah, I mean, with, I, I published today Nemanja Medic. Yep. He is going. He is going to play again for us. Um, then we're going. We're going to have some extension or some player sign extension where where you guys, for example, didn't even expect that they stay another year with the turn with the way from they either come from or how they played. Sure. But um, yeah, it it um, it will be all all published re- really soon. It, it's uh, it's also our our. Um, our marketing department, they're making those images. I don't even know which image I'm going to get tomorrow. So I hope <laughs> I'm going to get one tomorrow. Cause, no, seriously, seriously. It's, um, it's obviously, you know, it's, it's a lot of work behind it. And now with, uh, with the other news that we had and with, um, we changed a little bit our marketing strategy for our sponsors. Okay. Um, it's a little bit, it's a little, but I hope, I hope that I can, that in the next, Two weeks, all those 11 players will be published. Okay, I, I, I have to ask you about one player in particular because I know everybody that follows the torrent wants to know, is James Weber going to be back next year? More than any other player, I feel like that's the one player that all the fans want to know. I mean, he was the team's leading scorer this year, leading assister. He was the team captain. You, you have to at least give us a little bit of insight if we're going to see the captain back next year. The problem with James Weber is that he moves this month to Minnesota. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. So his fiance, his fiance goes there to school. Um, he uh, moves there. He got a job there, and he's going to start work. He's going to get married there next summer. But we're working on a solution for everybody that he will play. He wants to play for us. I want that he plays for us again. Obviously, when you see twelve goals and nine assists, and he was the team captain. He was he was the first guy who were in. Yep. Um, that that's also that means he has he has some credit. Obviously, there is the problem with practice um, that that he cannot come to the practices. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we will we will discuss all of this with the uh, with the uh, with the team with the current team, and obviously James. Um, just from a standpoint that he said, I come to every game, make that six hour drive. I mean, that speaks for itself how committed he is, how much yeah. he is a torrent player, and and I'm pretty I'm pretty positive that. This is going to work out. So, but he, as of right now, he does not belong to those eleven players okay. who signed extensions. Good to know. Because we really need to. We have to figure this out. This is complicated. I don't. I don't want that. We have to wait. The, the schedule. He said he's normally good from Fridays and for the weekend. So, um, like I said, I want him to play. He wants. He wants to play. Sure. The team wants to play. So we will find a solution for that. Andy, I got to ask you the same question about Drew Ruggles. I mean, what a what a defender that he was, and obviously he came to you from the Rochester Rhinos, who won the USL last year. Any updates on yeah. him for next year? Because I know he's a fan favorite as well. Yeah, Drew Ruggles signed. Oh, he did! He wow, fantastic! You okay. heard it here first, folks. Well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, that's the only that's the only one I'm going to tell you. Yes, um, I was going to say, we'll, we'll stop asking about <laughs> yes, players now. Yes. yes, of course, of course. Yeah. But so, what a, what a, what a, what a play, can, you, can you just talk a little bit about his impact, though? Because we were, we were extremely complimentary of him on the broadcast this year, and every, even fans, too, they'd come up to us after the game and say, did you guys see you know, Drew Ruggles ping that ball 50, 60 yards in the air perfectly to the foot of James Weber, you know, that diagonal ball. But just, what was it like to have him not only on your back line, but even also a, a pretty dangerous attacking option as well for most of the season? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, there's there's a reason why he's a USL champion. There's a reason why right. he played in Rochester. Um, I mean, um, and with with the whole story, how he how he ended here, 
how committed he is to that team or to the town anyway. Um, I mean, that's that's just that's that is just great. That's unbelievable. Um, uh, I mean, for the for the um, for the team, what it means. Obviously, you are you are much more confident with him. With with all my respect to the to the other players, but there's obviously you you see when he when he is there, there's a different level of confidence in the team. Yes. Um, but we did, for example, even that one game without without him, the other guys stepped up. Dustin Ashley, Stu, they they stepped up. We we won, and um, it's it's just obviously it brings he brings the team to a, to another level. Yes, and I agree. I'm glad I'm glad that he made the decision. Um, obviously, he likes. He likes what what we are planning. I mean, all the players. Um, I mean, I can tell you, they signed the players. Those eleven players uh, signed the contracts when we were on our way back from lacrosse. So this is already almost a month ago. Wow. Okay. When when those players made the decision, and there you see again how much the players are involved in the torrent. Mm. But all those players, they know they know what's going on. They, because I want them to be a part of this. I want them to know where where do we go? What is what what's coming next? They knew that we're going to extend our outdoor season. They wanted two because three and a half are obviously not enough. Um, so they were completely involved, except except the decision with the PASL. This was a decision that I made in in eight hours at the same day. Hmm. So, um, but also with this, they said, "Yeah, this is cool." and like I said, I want to set um, aside. I want to tell. I want to show the people here in Milwaukee, who's our supporters and the players, that I make everything that I can do that we get closer and closer to the that we can really play year-round soccer. And um, going indoor is one of the of the things that will help us a little bit. Well, and, and ba- uh, Baxter, Baxter's in studio here. <laughs> Andy, you're the one on there the phone. You, uh, you know, one thing when you have a player like Drew Ruggles again, you know, a former USL champion playing with the Torrent, it it shows the level of commitment you have to the professional game in this city. And uh, you know, I, I want to personally commend you for that, Andy, for for bringing professional soccer to Milwaukee. There, there may still be those in the community who who look at it and say, "Well, how can you really call it professional?" And you know, I want to go on record: we were paid as broadcasters. You've got not just yeah. players you're paying, but players who've played in really good leagues in this country mm-hmm. that have won championships that are playing with you. So, congratulations on Correct. a wonderful season. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I uh, appreciate this. I appreciate, like I said, everybody who supports us. There are still so many people who try to um, see this all negative, who say this is not professional. And, um, yeah, it's just... Like I said, we focus on the positive. We stay positive. We uh, do everything what we need to do. Um, like I like I said several times before, um, I told a lot a year ago, I took my mouth pretty full, but I, uh, the Milwaukee Torrent delivered on every level. So there was everything what I said would happen, happened. And, um, yeah, we're proud of it. We're proud that we have the supporters that we have. And um, we play for them and our supporters who will grow and the people who like us, this will grow. We focus on that and we just enjoy that. 
Well, Andy, we appreciate you taking time here on Two Up Front today. Once again, congratulations on the two trophies, of course. And we wish you the best of luck, uh, not only in the off-season, of course, but uh, as, the, as the, the indoor season creeps up here again in the next couple of months as well. So we look forward to having you back on and uh, getting some updates again here in the next couple of weeks, all right? Yeah, um, I mean, it's so far it is, um, like I said, we made the decision to join the PASL. Um, we already accepted, we paid already the fee. Um, the, the, main, the main reason why we did this was not because we wanted to play indoor soccer, but it was, I wanted, there were so many of the guys that coach, we want to stay together. We have now a core group, except the wave players of, uh, of 10, 11 guys who said, we still want to track. We do not want to play somewhere in the fall with another team. Um, so, and I said, you know what? If you guys want to do this, um, it is for us really good to get the games that the PASL, they start December for us. The normal season ends uh, by the end of February and then there are playoffs in March. I mean, for us, if, if you start, if the whole season is for us, basically we can use as preparation for the outdoor season. You can work, you can work already so much on, on conditioning. You can work basically doing that whole indoor season. You can work so much on technical stuff yeah. that basically when you go outside in April, that all you need to take care of is all that technical stuff. The system you want to play, that you do this. And this is for us, and this will also be in the press release, um, total preparation for outdoor, but still our fans are able to see us playing indoor, to come to touring games, to have fun and to see. You don't have, I don't have to wait for the summer to see the torrent again. And it was important for us. It was important to me that the fans see that, like I said before, that, that we, that our organization makes everything possible to, to, play, to play the game of soccer. And now when you think we started our first, you're playing only three and a half months. Um, now we, we can say, hey, you know what? We're going to start now. We're playing from December and we're going to end in August. Even so, better. That's even I mean, better. I mean, what, that's what people want. They want more tour and soccer, Andy. That's, that's absolutely fantastic. Sure. So we're having, we're, having now, um, we're having now eight and a half months, almost nine months. If we make playoffs of soccer, uh, I think for the second year, for an organization who is not built up by a uh, by millionaire, um, I think that's a good thing to do. I agree. So, and it's the right thing to do. It's the good thing for the community. Um, and yeah, we're pretty happy that, that we, uh, that we do this and we're excited that we, that our fans don't have to wait so long again to see us. All right. Well, Andy, we appreciate your insight. We got to run to a break, but, uh, we definitely enjoyed chatting with you, sir. And we'll, uh, we'll do it again soon. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Right, we're going to run to a break. When we come back, we've got more exciting action for you. We're going to dive into the world of NWSL and take a look at how the U.S. women's national team is doing at the Olympics as well. Stick with us. You're listening to Two Up Front presented by shopfutsal.com.
Welcome back inside the studio for another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan, let's dive into the women's game, the NWSL, and the Olympics. The NWSL getting ready to take a bit of a break after, uh, of course, the Olympics just kicking off uh, just two days ago on Wednesday on August 3rd, and some big games, some big teams, some big names all showing up on the opening day. Do you want to talk Olympics or NWSL first, Simon? Uh, you know, let's talk NWSL then make our way into the Olympics. Yeah, makes sense. Well, let's take a look back then at the week that was, of course, in NWSL. Uh, the game I want to start with, of course, Simon, is uh, the Boston Breakers getting a much, much, much needed victory, of course, a 1-0 victory over a very depleted Orlando Pride team. Uh, Boston, they went after it. I was able to go and I was able to catch some of this game, and they were just barraging Orlando. And it's it's amazing not having Ashlyn Harris and not having Alex Morgan in a starting lineup. Just how poor Orlando plays. It, it's just it, it was incredible. And I know Caitlin Kyle's there, and I know some people will give me some clap for that as well. Be like, well, hey, they still have a team. Yes and no, but the fact that if you lose to Boston, the worst team in NWSL, by one goal to nil, and almost concede at least another three goals. You got to be a little concerned if you're an Orlando Pride fan. I feel like you do. At the same time, Baxter, we've had so many NWS NWSL guests on. I forget who it was, but we asked her the question. Uh, you know, is this the opportunity finally for Boston to break through? Yeah. No pun intended. And man, it's killing me that I can't remember which guest this was. But again, it's it's was a it credit. Bianca Verar. I feel like was it her? Or was it Chris Blakely? Was it a writer? Or was it a player? I felt like it was a player. Maybe it was Bianca. Yeah, might yeah. have been Bianca there. Bianca, okay. yes. Yeah, I think guy. you're right. Yes, and we, yeah, that's right. The three of us had talked about, you yeah. know, is this Boston's time to finally take yep. it? Man? And, and that was her first reaction is absolutely. If anything, they have to. Yeah. So it's, it is interesting that Boston finally gets that win after all that talk. I actually wouldn't be too concerned if you are a Pride player. They are an expansion club, and they know how important Alex Morgan is. Of course. Disappointed, yes. Concerned, not at this point. Three years down the road, this happens? Yes. Then well, it's I feel to be like, concerned. and I think the funniest part about all this, too, is that Alex Morgan, even though she says she's content and she's fine with staying in Orlando, there's a, almost a, a new report every other week that Lyon in France is still trying to sign her. Like, their owner, and their, their, their owner continues to tweet at Alex Morgan and be like, you know, hey, we've got an open spot on our team for you here in, here in France. And it's like, she never responds, but it's just funny that he continues to... It's almost like a like a, a a guy that knows he has no chance with a girl, <laughs> sending her little snide comments like you know, hey, if you dated me, you know, like I'd buy you roses every day, or you know, it's just like little things like that that he keeps like awkwardly working in, and it's just like okay. You need to stop. Like it's a little, it's a little much. In right, total honesty. right. But well, you can't fault him for trying. Absolutely I guess, not. You know, being like, hey. Maybe, but I would be surprised at this point if she were to go over to Europe and play, honestly. It would take a lot of money. It would. Well, we've heard that from Carly Lloyd, though, too. She mentioned the other day, I think a week or so ago, she's like, I'd go play for Liverpool. She's like, I've got about four years left in my career. I'd be... She's a Liverpool men's fan, but she's like, I'd go play for Liverpool if, if yeah, for but the women I, if they offer. I think that's kind of apples to oranges because Alex Morgan, it's not like she is in the sunset of her career. Exactly. Well, Carly Lloyd is like, look, I've got maybe three, four really good years in me left, why not? Why not I can, experience I'll something go, new? go all over the place. Yeah. I haven't played in England yet. Why not? Right. Know? And I think she would thrive over there. I really do. Whereas you look at the NWSL as the best league in yes. the world for women's soccer. This is where people want to be. This is exactly. where the ladies want to be. Exactly. It's interesting, though. I mean, something to keep an eye on. I mean, Absolutely. A, a gal like Lloyd, you know, she can, really, she can make any team 
good, no matter where she goes. We obviously know the FA in England is a very talented area of, of ladies, of course. Uh, let's look at some of the other scores. Ka- Chicago, they got a 1-0 victory over FC Kansas City after they had been on a little bit of a hot streak, FC Kansas City, that is. Uh, the Washington Spirit put three goals past the nobody-knows-what-to-call-them Sky Blue FC. They were very good goals, too. I had the opportunity to catch some of that game as well and see the uh, the, sec- the, the second and third goals of the Spirit. A very good performance overall. Crystal Dunn not being there, not affecting them at all. Sky Blue, of course they miss Kim DeCesar as we've had her on the program in the past. She still continues to recover, of course. However, the Washington Spirit, still in my mind, one of the best, if not top three teams in NWSL still right now. Absolutely. And following that up, uh, the Houston Dash and the Western New York Flash got into a 3-3 shootout. Um, Western New York Flash took the early 1-0 lead, then Houston threw three goals on top of them, and then Western New York Flash clawed their way back in and then ended up scoring the game-tying goal in the 93rd minute, and it was just absolute heartbreak as the Dash once again are robbed of another opportunity to win a game. And How those, much needed those, win? Those were, some, those were some great goals, too, by, yeah. the, uh, by the Dash players, and it was, it was heartbreaking, but my goodness, Western New York Flash, the surprise <laughs> of the season, and continues, continues to uh, surprise people even during this depleted season of yeah. NWSL. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, look at this, though. The top goal scorers in NWSL, the one and two, Lynn Williams, eight goals, Jessica McDonald, seven goals, both Western New York Flash, Top assister in the league, Jessica McDonald, six go- or six assists. Top in shots, Jessica McDonald, forty-five shots. You go down the line, and this is just—it's a surprising team. That will they be able to take on a Portland? Will they be able to take on a Seattle late on in the playoffs? Maybe at this point, who knows? I mean, it's not like they lost a ton of people to the Olympics. They really didn't. They don't have a lot of. I mean, they've got Sam Mewis, of course, as we know, but they're not missing seven or eight of their star players right now. And I think that's going to work in their favor even later in the season because now you're talking chemistry. Yeah. And yes, they're on a couple of weeks break here for the Olympics, but Western New York Flash will stay together and train. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You're absolutely right. And then, of course, the Cascadia Derby, which uh, Simon, you had a great opportunity to speak with Keelan Winters last week on the program, and she, of course, talked about the upcoming match. And uh, it was Portland, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on if you're a Keelan supporter or you're a Thorne supporter. If you're Simon, with a one-nil victory over the Seattle Rain, it was a very well-thought-out goal. It was a beautiful ball over the top and just a nice, calm, cool finish, of course, as Portland emerges victorious. Yeah, Nadia and Nadim getting that goal in the 74th minute. Yeah, that was that was a tough one um, because as much as I am a, I am a Portland fan, I really enjoyed you that did, conversation yeah. oh, with was Keelan. Obvious, yeah. And uh, I, I, I'll admit, I, I felt bad, especially for her, because one of the things we talked about in that interview was can Seattle finally start stringing a couple yep. of and she wins said, together? Yes, I think yes. so. So it was obviously a little sad, of course, from that perspective. All right, a quick check on the standings for you in NWSL. Portland and Washington are tied atop the table with 29 points each. Western New York Flash finds themselves in third place with 26 points. Chicago in fourth with 25. Sky Blue in uh, fifth with 22. Seattle in sixth with 20. Orlando in seventh with 18. FC Kansas City in eighth with 16. Houston Dash are in ninth with 12. And the Boston Breakers are in last place with seven points. Any surprises right now with the way this this table is shaped up at all, Simon? Uh, We we talked about Western New York Flash being who they are. It's not a surprise from Portland. They had a rough year last year, but you know Portland's not going to stay down 
for long. Uh, I'm a little surprised that the Red Stars are sitting there in fourth place, to be honest with you. With the way they started the season, I thought yeah. they'd be a little bit it's higher It's the Kristen up. Press effect. I, I mean, I've been preaching yeah, this all I, year I think long. You're right, you, take, you take Press out of that starting 11, and suddenly the attack just completely plummets, and there is just not the same team. And of course, no Alyssa Nair in goal. I totally understand that. Similar story for the Houston Dash. They don't have Carly Lloyd at all this season yet. Now, obviously, when she returns from the Olympics, she will be there. But Houston Dash being second from last, that's yeah. a bit of a surprise for me. Baxter. I agree. I agree. Well, you mentioned the Olympics, Simon. Let's flip over there because this upcoming week, there is a bye week in NWSL for Olympic action. Uh, let's take a look quickly at some of the games that did take place. Uh, the United States emerging victorious with a 2-0 victory in their first game. And who scored the first goal back? I believe there. that was Carly Lloyd. That was Carly Lloyd. Hasn't played a minute in Lord knows how long, and she steps on the field in the 21st minute and cracks home in a goal. And it's just, it was vintage Carly Lloyd. Of course, there was a little bit of controversy because the uh, assistant ref did raise her flag to call Julie Johnson offside, which the center ref said no. And it it was a correct non-call by the center ref because Julie did not touch that ball. She took herself out of the play. There was not a a New Zealand player around, so it's not like she really affected anything at all. So uh, good job by the the referees. I don't know if I'd be saying the same thing if I were a New Zealand fan. You might be saying, hey. (laughs) But even still, though, Alex Morgan added an insurance goal later on, of course, to, uh, to put the game away uh, to make it a 2-0 victory. Uh, France destroyed Colombia 4-0 in their opening game. Germany beat Zimbabwe 6-1. Congrats to Zimbabwe on getting a goal against one of the top three teams in the world. I'll tell you, I was watching this game, and it just had uh, total reflections of Germany versus Brazil in the Men's World Cup yep. game, which, of course, finished 7-1. to And as we know, Germany's women's and men's teams are both just incredible. They both are. And we call them the German machines for a reason, because those ladies and men work harder than probably any other nation as a whole for soccer, I feel like. Yeah, and the, the goal that uh, Melanie Beringer had, Beringer? Beringer. Beringer. Uh, the goal that she had was just phenomenal. Off of a free kick, just sneaks under the crossbar. Possibly the goal of the tournament, Baxter. I, hey, this early on, it's very possible. And then, of course, uh, Brazil beat China 3-0. Marta doing what Marta does, probably playing in her final Olympics. And then Canada uh, setting a Olympic world record for the fastest goal in tournament history. Yanni Becky scored a goal 20 seconds. 20 seconds into the game It's started. a record. It's an Olympic it's record. It's an Olympic record. Australia had some poor back passes, and there was a great interception. I do believe it was uh, Christine Sinclair that forced the interception, and Yanni Becky was in a two-on-one opportunity and found herself wide open on the back post and just bloop, popped it in. Not a single thing any Australia player could do. Not, not at all. So coming up, of course, there will be some uh, bigger games. Sweden obviously also beat South Africa, if you're in, if you're in favor of that, but... Uh, well, before, before you move on to the next game, yes. Baxter, just a, just a fun stat. Five different players from NWSL scored in match day You're one right. for the Olympics. So that's that's a cool stat. And um, just a few other notes here. Uh, a couple of goalkeepers from the NWSL were also playing, uh, obviously, Hope Solo, but also Washington Spirits, Stephanie Lobb, uh, both recorded shutouts. And Houston Dash goalkeeper Lydia Williams saved a penalty for Australia. Mm even though they ended up losing to uh, to Canada. Yeah, and that was 10, ten woman Canada, too. I never yes. know exactly how to say that for them. 10 man, 10 person, 10 player. Either way. Um, so credit to Canada, though, for fighting adversity, of course, and, uh, and winning, being uh, being a player down. <laughs> and Christine Sinclair, I know you mentioned it, but every time I see that name, it's like, really? Has she been playing since women's soccer was invented? Because Pretty of sure. Shurfield, and she still keeps going on. What a credit to her. She's incredible. She really is. And it's she's one of those players that you hear about how her teammates talk about her you hear about how opponents talk about her and she's like she just never stops like she's just incredible 
And it's amazing to see, and it's one of those two testaments. It's like, hey, if you're a young girl coming through the ranks and you're like, I want to learn how to play forward at the highest level in the women's game, put in some Christine Sinclair tape, and you can see her just be an absolutely dynamic player through and through. It's amazing. It really it, is. It is. It is. And, uh, you know... Makes it even more amazing that you see Portland win 1-0 over Seattle, knowing that somebody like Christine Sinclair isn't there for Portland right exactly. now. No, you're absolutely right about that one. So it was a, it was a very exciting, of course, opening week of action. Uh, quick look at the games coming up, of course. Uh, you've got Brazil versus Sweden. You've got Colombia versus New Zealand. South Africa, China, Germany, Australia, which will be a fun game. United States versus France, which I know a lot of folks are going to be watching. That game is this Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And then Canada will take on Zimbabwe as well. Final thoughts before we run into a break, Simon? Uh, I'm excited. You know, the, the women's Olympic games get more and more exciting as the tournament goes on. And, and if this is how it started, I can only imagine how it's going to finish yep, next. You're absolutely right about that one. All right, we're going to run to a break. When we come back, we got more exciting action for you. Stick with us. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. Back inside the studio for another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan, let's head off to our second of two interviews this week. We've already talked to head coach Andy Davi of the Milwaukee Torrent. Wonderful man. We know him very well, of course, from doing our broadcasting. But uh, now we're going to also talk to one of the guys that not only played for the Milwaukee Torrent this last year, but he also finds himself on the Milwaukee Wave, on the Canadian National Futsal team. He's probably the fastest man on any team that he's ever a part of. It's number 26, Ian Bennett, and he joins us here on the program now. Ian, how we doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you guys doing? You know, it's, uh, it's a good day, Ian. It's a very good day. We're excited to finally <laughs> have you on the program. We've been, uh, our agents have been talking to your agents. We've been back and forth. We've tried to do lunch. We've just, we've just been all over the place. But I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that we finally have you on the program. And, uh, and as we mentioned, too, Ian, in your introduction, you're not just a part of one particular team. You're a, you're a multi-team kind of guy right now because of the multiple seasons that are going on. But uh, I, w- I want to start with the team that you just most recently finished a season with, the Milwaukee Torrent. Can you take us through a little bit about what your experience was playing for an expansion team and what it was like to kind of be one of the, the main focal points, not only of the, like the branding side of it from a, from a name perspective, but also from a, a key player perspective as well? Yeah, um, like it, it was good. Like when they first came up with the idea, Davi um, came to me and had a had a great idea. Ian, I want to start an outdoor team. I want you to be a part of it. I was like, you know what, I'm in on it. But I, I just really didn't think it was going to actually ever happen because I know a lot of people try to start stuff in Wisconsin and in Milwaukee, and it just kind of fades out. But after it, get, it was getting closer and momentum was picking up, it was like, oh my gosh! So I'm like, I have to get back in shape. This is really <laughs> happening. You know, they're really going to have a team. So. Yeah, a month in, I, uh, we had some um, two exhibition games, and uh, the first one was UWM, and um, man, we played phenomenal. You know, I scored the first goal, I guess, in tour history. Yeah, so that's all right. I'm cemented in the. Yep, you are for, forever in the uh, the hall of Milwaukee Torrent uh, history, of course. Yeah, so so that was going good, and I, I realized I was like, you know what? Wow, we actually have something here. Um, <laughs> the team was going good. Um, and uh, the, the level was pretty good. The level was high. If you looked at our division, I think um, we kind of won the division, I think, easily. 
Um, so I think that's a testament to the, some of the, the players we had. And honestly, there was a lot of homegrown players here. So it was like basically all Wisconsin players. There was like maybe two or three that were from a different a different place. And that was always good to see, you know, the homegrown talent it shows that, you know, it's, it's here and it's alive. So that was also a good thing doing with actually people from Wisconsin and being the first expansion team. I think the, uh, the fans really... That really helped us getting a lot of fans to the games and stuff, being a home-based team with the players and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it went really good, honestly, for the first year. I thought it was going to be uh, a little struggle, but I think uh, I think all at the end, you know, we, we got we did the double. You know, we got two trophies in the trophy case. So I think that, that was a good start. I mean, there's all positives. I don't think you can really take any negatives from this season as, as being a, a fan and a player. So I think it uh, it went really good. Yeah, Ian, you've been fortunate to play for the Milwaukee Wave for a number of years, and of course, many other teams before that as well, both indoor and outdoor. Uh, but but you got a nice setup here in Milwaukee now, where where you're able to play indoors during the winter and outdoors. So a, you know, a year-round professional. Not many guys get to say that. Uh, you spoke about not many struggles, but I am curious about that transition you had going from the indoor game back to the outdoor game, and and how long it took you to get legs that weren't just a two-minute sprint, but a uh, a ninety-minute marathon. Yeah, to be honest, um, at, so at the start when I was training with the outdoor team, I was I was being I was getting good. I thought my fitness was there, my level was high. Actually, at the UWM game and all that good stuff, but then I got called into the national team, so I was. I was wearing a lot of hats, so I went to play some futsal, and then when I got back, my level for the outdoor game kind of dropped and stuff. So it was, it was a, honestly, I would never take it back, but it was a lot actually on my plate, kind of going from indoor to outdoor to futsal back to outdoor. <laughs> so that period, man, and honestly, I'm blessed. You know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate that I, I mean, I can play all those. I'm surprised. You know, I think that's a testament of just good coaching I've had over period of time, just my skill level and just knowing the game. And obviously I can't, can't thank enough for the coaches and the people in my life that, that helped me. Cause I mean, I don't know too many people that are really playing outdoor, playing indoor and playing futsal for like at the highest level. So it's, it's obviously a hard transition, especially I got asthma. I don't know if you guys were at the last game. I think yeah. you guys were announcing the last game. I yep, had yep. to pull myself out <laughs> in the 30th minute because I couldn't breathe. Everyone was like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, yeah, I don't think this asthma thing's not working today. It's it's really hot. So I had to sub myself out, man, the 30th minute, and uh, I was able to go back in the second half. But I think, honestly, the transition for me, being a, a player, um, it's not too hard. For me, it's just the fitness level because, obviously, futsal, indoor, it's a little short, sharp um, sprints and stuff, and then you can you can get a sub. But outdoor is more you got to sustain it. You got to sprint sometimes. You got to jog. You got to walk. So it's kind of like – kind of got to pace yourself on the outdoor a little bit. And again, you only get the hardest thing. You only get maybe one or two chances in a soccer mm-hmm. game, outdoor game, yep. indoor futsal, man, you're getting, you, you get a hundred chances, you know, you can look pretty, but like outdoor, you miss one chance. That's you know, the game, that possibly, might be your yeah. for the whole, Exactly. So I, I think there's a little bit more pressure on outdoor. I think obviously, I think to be honest, I think outdoor is the, harder game for obviously to play and and to really score and to to do all that good stuff in um and the other games are kind of honestly they just come natural i guess to be honest you know those the other games but um i'm excited i was excited with the whole year it was a lot on my plate obviously my i'm sure my family didn't like it too much but 
for me, it was it's always good to play a lot of soccer. So Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the beautiful, that's the great thing about soccer, of course, too, Ian, is that, you know, it's uh, it's one of those sports that uh, folks like you and I and Simon and so many others just, you're like, you know what? I don't care if I have to play soccer 365 days either. For some people, they, <laughs> for some people, they call that heaven. They're like, hey, that's fine. That's if, right. I gotta, <laughs> if I get to do that every single year, every single day of the year, why not? Well, I'm curious, Ian, too. Um, we've, we heard from Coach Davi earlier in the program um, that the Torrent are going to also be playing some indoor soccer this upcoming uh, winter from January through March. <laughs> to have the opportunity to to kind of keep the team together and uh, you know do some off season training, are you going to be a part of that group? Or are you going to be back with the Milwaukee Wave again? How does how does your contract yeah. situation work out? <laughs> yeah, that is a little uh, comfort. I guess of both interests. Uh, no, I'm I'm always a wa- I mean, everybody knows from the start. Like it's it's Wave Milwaukee Wave first. Um, that that has always been um, the group that's been taking care of me. And the Torrent has been doing a good job, but it's Milwaukee Wave. It's always like I mean that's. That's where I first came in. I owe him, I owe him everything. So the wave is definitely um, my first priority. And, and just like the torrent, I want to win with the wave first. I have to get that done. You know, I already won two championships with Milwaukee Wave, but with the new owners and everybody coming in that worked so hard with the with the wave, I definitely want to give back them a championship, man. Because our owners for the wave and, and the staff are just top notch. You know, like you got Mike Dan. All those guys in the office—they're just—they're just really good, and they got the, a great coach, Jules, and all that stuff too. So, it's it's way first for sure. I'm always way first, and and then I think everybody knows that, and I think they're fine with that, which is good. You know, I think we got that good relationship because sometimes, as you know, it can get kind of crazy and a little political. But with me, everybody knows I keep it real. You know, I don't play too many games. You know, they know exactly what I'm about. So I'm about to play, and I'm about to level on the field, and I'm I'm about to bring just soccer. Um, together, you know, and just kind of like you guys doing, giving shows like this, and you guys doing your thing too. It, it it just helps Wisconsin grow in the soccer community, you know, and I think that's what's huge. So instead of always having this kind of like beef and all this stuff, what we're doing, it's like, you know, we, you just kind of got to get in where you fit in, you know. But um, it's always. I won't be touching none of that indoor stuff. Sure. Okay. <laughs> no, that, that's good to know that we always we want to obviously make sure we have clarification. Now, I, I want to stay with the wave for a second here, Ian, as we have Ian Bennett here on yeah. two up front today. Um, you, you mentioned that you hit it on the head. It's been a while since the wave have brought home that piece of silverware. And do you do you know, can you pinpoint for someone like you that's been a veteran on the team, what exactly has been missing? Because you guys have been close. I mean, you guys were 14-7 and seven last year. That's not a season to laugh at, you know, in any respects. I mean, you guys put together a great win streak towards the end of the year, of course, and then things just kind of fell apart, of course, you know, towards the end there in the playoffs, as, you know, sometimes things do. But are we, are, is the wave close to, to bringing home another championship, or is there still some pieces that are missing? And if they are, what are some of those pieces, possibly? No, I think we're, I think we're very close, but I think... Um, Obviously, the periods where we're doing phenomenal and we're winning, to be honest, we had some top-notch defenders like like Joe Hamas, Troy. Um, we had some and, and some other big names. We had some big name defenders, and obviously they're still around in Wisconsin. But like losing those pieces, man, it it really hurt us. I think. And if we gotta obviously you gotta build from the back, you gotta have good structure at the back. And I think that's really what really hurt us, man. Um, some of our defenders leaving and knowing the roles and kind of. Um, we really lost a little bit of our identity, I think. Normally we were a blue-collar team, and I don't know if we had um, – we just took things for granted, I think, because we were winning all those times, you know. It was kind of sure. like uh, – we, yeah, so I think I think maybe we, we let our foot off the gas pedal a little bit to say, but um, I, I think – honestly, I think we're close this year. I think we have the right personnel. It's like, but can you put it together? And indoor yeah. soccer, I'm telling you, man – 
it's it's such a different dynamic than like outdoor and even kind of futsal. It's like it's the guys that are with each other that are playing for each other. I'm telling you, those are the teams because there's some there's been like this year, Baltimore won it, and I mean there I can I can only tell you like maybe two names from Baltimore, but they just play together as a team and it and it's like those guys are winning the championships in indoor. The guys that are willing to to really play as a team and really defend for each other, mm-hmm. those are the teams that are winning. It's not the teams that with all the big name players and all the best players that are winning these um, indoor championships. So I think if we get back onto that, add some good pieces, which I think they have done. I, I know. I know those guys have been doing some work in the office, and Jules has been doing some work. So I think they, I think they're really trying to push for it. I, I think the city needs it. It would be nice, man. Outdoor torrent winning it, and then indoor Milwaukee Wave winning it. I think that's just going to be huge for for Wisconsin as a soccer um, community and everything. I think it'd be great, man. Well, let's, uh, Ian. This is Simon talking to you now. Um... Talking about getting close. Let's let's go a little international here because we've uh, we've been yeah. hoping to talk to you about the the futsal tournament. You were fortunate enough to score a goal or a couple of goals and and actually beat the U.S. futsal team, which, if I'm not mistaken, that was a bit of an upset. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> depends on who you ask, right, Ian? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but you guys came so close to qualifying for the 2016 FIFA Futsal World Cup. You missed out by it looks like just a point to of of all countries to Cuba. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But if you could talk to us a little bit about that experience playing in the uh, Concacaf Futsal Championships. Yeah. So. Uh, it's a, it's a, man, the rules are crazy. It's a high level. So I went, this is my second year, obviously. I mean, you know me, I'm a flashy player. I like to wear my uniform different. CONCACAF does not let you do any of that. You mm. have to have the tights the same color. You need everything. You can't have any jewelry on. You can't do anything. It's like straight up, strict. The socks have well, to match. Ian, Ian, you just, you just got to bribe them a little bit more. Then they might yeah, let you exactly. wear it. Yeah, exactly. Pay the referees <laughs> off. Everybody else is doing yeah. it, Ian. Why can't you? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Exactly. No, they give you they give you yellow cards and then you can be sitting down. So it's like, yeah, they got crazy rules. So when you first get there, you know it's serious. Like so they don't even play around. It's not a joke. So when you first get in they they go through the whole wardrobe so your uniform has to be matched. Um so that's when you know it's serious. But um yeah, man, it was really it was heartbreaking, man. It's the the games are serious. You're playing some of these countries that this is like their life, you know. This is like this is what they have to do to provide. Like this is what this is it for them, you know. This is like the only thing they have, so it's it, it's tough. And so you see some real countries that are are really diehards. And um, the way they set it up, man, we had a battle. I think if the battle with the U.S. wasn't as hard as it was, I think we could have qualified. And honestly, that's probably one of the hardest things, man. To Cuba, the last game we had to win or tie. So having those options, man, it, it really hurts you, man. Because you could say to yourself, man, we only needed to tie. But we just we just couldn't. We played. That was Cuba's third game. That was our sixth game. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So they're changing it up. I heard now. <laughs> Obviously, as we lost that. Yeah, <laughs> they're changing it up now. Kind of the way they do that. Um, but yeah, it was it was tough, man. It was like that U.S. series took a lot out of us, and then we just didn't have any gas. But it mm. was man. You should see some of the Canadians, man. We were we were in tears, man. It, it hit our hard. It, we took it hard, man. But um. The good thing is we can come back. Hopefully I'll be a part of it. I'll be, what, 36, I believe. So hopefully I'm, I'm <laughs> still say, keeping... It's, uh, it's different in futsal, I feel like. Are you considered old in futsal years? I mean, I know outdoor you're getting to that age, but yeah, for, exactly. for that, no, though? I don't... To me, honestly, 
to me, I just think if you are still playing at a high level, you're fit, you can do it. I don't care what age you are. That's to me, if you're still producing, you're still contributing, you're sure. still a, a player that's feared. I, I, I don't even think I don't, I don't care about the age. So to <laughs> me, that doesn't, that's never just been a, a factor. Just the number, Ian. I love it. Well, thank you, Ian, so much for being on to upfront with us this week. Uh, we, we love hearing from you. and We love following your story. Um, is there any exciting things coming up for you at all that uh, fans can go and check out, or just how can they even follow you on Twitter as well? Oh my gosh, you know what's so funny? I'm coming up with something big. They're going to have to, you guys are going to have to watch my Twitter, my Facebook. I'm coming out, I think, with uh, a little bit of a, a clothing line coming oh, out. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Just a little sneak, just a little sneak peek just to hear it. So it should be, uh, actually, actually, you got the exclusive, actually, because I haven't said to anybody yet, but we're working on it. I got the right people. We, uh, we've uh we been working on it for like eight months now. So okay. So the final product is there, so um, I'll definitely give you guys some some gear to rock. You guys, appreciate right. I'll keep you guys <laughs> well. Well, and we we appreciate you allowing us to be the source of your breaking news. Yes, Ian. exactly. We'll make sure to let the masses know. Is it like is it going to be like IV twenty six or like what are you like? You know, oh we got my like, god! Is that hey, what it, you're smart? Yeah, I, I was just saying <laughs> like you got like you know CR seven and you've got you know everybody yeah. else does their thing. So no, okay. it's going to be IV twenty six. Yeah, and it's at Ian Bennett twenty six that everybody can uh, follow this awesome news well yeah yeah you'll see yeah it'll be my my twitter my facebook and all that instagram stuff so you can go there but we haven't released anything yet um but we have everything ready to go so uh, i think we're gonna launch pretty soon so just stay tuned and uh yeah i guess you got the exclusive jeez (laughs) (laughs) awesome man well thank you so much for being on the show man we appreciate it all right we're gonna run to a break when we come back we've got exciting mls action for you we're gonna look back and look forward and make some predictions and take a look at our new power ranking as well you're listening to two up front presented by shopfutsal.com Back here on another edition of Two Up Front. And that's definitely what we like, Simon, that's for sure. Listening and talking about soccer, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, we are back here on the show, rolling on. Time for some MLS talk, of course, as we do here towards the latter part of the show. And uh, as we take a look back, Simon, at the week that was in MLS, we uh, we noticed one singular game, Simon, that is a, a true diamond among the rough of all games. Do you know what game I'm speaking of? I don't, Baxter. I it don't. A, it was a hat-trick-worthy game. Does that help you at all? Must be the New York City FC yes, Baby Blues. Yes, that is exactly what it was. NYCFC putting the beat down on Colorado. Five goals to one. And who was in goal, Baxter? Uh, was it Zach McMath? Who, who's been undefeated on the season except for one game? Unless, unless he spells his name T-I-M-H-O-W-A-R-D. Uh, that's space, right, of course, Tim Howard. That. Now, I believe what we talked about before the big transfer happened is yes. what happens, Zach McBath, McMath has been playing awesome, mm-hmm. what happens when Tim Howard comes in and they just happen to lose a game big time? Do they put McMath back in? We both know the answer is no, they're not going to. No, they never too do. Much money. Of course not. But my goodness. <laughs> now, you can't put this all on Howard. Obviously, there was a PK in there. but But still, four goals, though. I, what do you what do you say? What do you say about a performance like this? Number one, NYCFC they don't know what they are because they can't beat their rivals who are struggling to stay relevant. They, they beat them this season. Well, sure, but then they overall, lost them four to one. Overall, they can't keep it together. I can still consider them as not being able to beat them right now because they even yeah they beat them once. But <laughs> actually, I, I disagree with you. I think New York City FC is playing a lot better. 
Oh, they are. That's the thing, though. Like, they are playing better than the Red Bulls. They're playing better than most Eastern Conference teams. They're the best team in the East. Well, what kills me, actually, is that uh, they started to really play well when Lampard came in. And I say it kills me because he just seems to not you care. Are the, you were the most anti-Lampard Lampardidian when he came That's in. That's good, yeah. yeah. Something like not that. Not when he came in, but when he, when like, he when bamboozled he, he, everybody. Yes, with the Man City. I'm out when here. When the City group bamboozled here. everybody. Exactly. It was, a, it, was a, it would have been for those meddling kids. They would have gotten away with it, too, of course. But So, NYCFC, Frank Lampard, he gets a triple on the day. Tony Taylor and Steven Mendoza also join the party. NYCFC, 18 total shots in this game. Simon, 9 on target. Colorado, 13 total, 2 on target. So you can make an argument that NYC either played a really good defensive game or Colorado just couldn't hit the broadside of a bar. Well, that's that's part of as strong as Colorado has been in the back and even some in the midfield. That's sure. been their weakness. Is yeah, putting absolutely. That, I mean, you, you just look at their record and how many draws they have. It's incredible. It's, it's absolutely amazing, honestly. So with that, Simon, with that victory... We look at the updated standings. NYCFC three points clear of Toronto FC, who's in second place right now in the East. That's a whole other topic we'll get to in a moment. With 36 points now, 10 wins. The first team in the East to 10 wins. Uh, and the fourth team in MLS to join the 10-win club this season as well. Are they for real? Are you buying what NYCFC is doing right now? Yes. Yes. Will they make the playoffs? Yes. Will they make it to the conference finals? They very possibly could. I'm not going to say yes to that, but they possibly could. It's it's such a crapshoot with the playoffs. So it's especially always, the East. Right, East is a hot mess. But you look at the rest of the teams, Baxter. Yeah, them in Montreal. That'd be fun. I'd have. I'd, I'd watch have, that series. I, absolutely. With, with the way Montreal's playing right now. Well, and I, I've had this conversation with a couple of people. You know it's going to be a way that the Red Bulls and NYCFC are going to find a way to meet each other in the playoffs for a two-leg series. And the Red Bulls are going to blow them out of the water, and everyone's going to be like, ah, see, is not that good. And then the Red Bulls are going to move on, and then they're going to get blown out of the water. Well, what's interesting, if the season ended today, you could very well see a New York City, New York Red Bulls. Depending on, yeah. Eastern Conference Well, well final. the Red Bulls and the Revolution would play each other in a one-game playoff. Union right, which impact. the Red Bulls would win. More than likely, yes. Maybe. More than likely. No, yes. they would. They would. <laughs> Philly and Montreal would play. Montreal would probably win that game as well, right. too. So then, yeah, Montreal would play TFC, which would be a fantastic series. I would love to see the, the two Canadians battle it out, of course. And then, yeah, NYCFC and the Red Bulls. And No, it would be the opposite. Oh, you're NYC right. Montreal would, would go that's to what I'm saying. It, If there it ended go. today and the Red Bulls actually went all the way through, the Eastern Conference Final would be would the be. Hudson River Derby. That would be fun. And I think a lot of And that would do a, a big thing for that quote-unquote rivalry as a whole. All right, let's move along with the action. As we know, the MLS All-Star game took place. Arsenal beat the All-Stars 2-1. Simon was there. We heard all that last time. Sporting Kansas City beat Portland on a score of 1-0. Sporting, they now have 10 wins on the season. Looking... Fairly relevant. Maybe that's what happens when you play every single game of the year on a national on a nationally televised station on ESPN or Fox. Well, and let's be honest. Listen, Portland is not going to make the playoffs. Ridgewell keeps getting hurt. Maybe it was because he didn't take a break and he did go over and play in the championship during the uh, during the summer last sure. year. But now Nat Borchers is out with uh, Achilles. He's done for the year. He's done. Yeah, he's absolutely he might even done. be done. Done. Like for is his, that like, what they're saying? I've heard, well, ru- I've heard rumors that he, tendon, I've heard, very his, well I've heard rumors that he might just be like, you know what? I'm just I'm going to call. Well, it. he's 35. He raised the trophy last year. Maybe it is time. Bad way to go out. Of but course. at the same time, right before that, I mean, he's he was playing great. He was, of course. You know? So he's got every reason to stay and be like, you know what? I'm going to rehab. I'm coming back even stronger. But as we know, 35 is yes. an old man yeah. in soccer. Yeah. Right, right. And so. and any team who's playing Portland is licking their chops because yes. they, they have a back line with. Elvis Powell, the only player from last year playing Who? in the back. 
some guy. He's actually very exciting to watch. I'm sure but, he is. But, of course, you'd have to watch the team, too. Of course. To really know that. Of course. Other action around MLS. It was a fairly goal-scoring uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Seattle and the Galaxy surprisingly drew 1-1. Uh, Seattle's first game without head coach Jiggy Schmidt, as they, of course, fired him. Uh, and mutually parted ways. Pardon me. They fired him. Let's let's stop with that. I mentioned that last week with Chris Blakely. So uh, L.A. still one of the best teams in the league, in my opinion. Uh, FC Dallas, they beat Vancouver 2-0. As we know, FC Dallas, still arguably one of the best teams, if not the best team, depending on who you ask, on, on what given day. D.C. United and Montreal, they battled to a 1-1 draw. Not too much in that one to change the Eastern Conference standings. I will say a surprise on this one. Chicago and the Red Bulls, they battled to a 2-2 draw. The Red Bulls, better than you'd like to say than the Colorado, than, than Chicago, pardon me. A little surprised by this, honestly. Well, what's even more surprising is really it was a defensive blunder that led to the Red Bulls' first goal. But, mm. Baxter, if we go back and look at the games that the Red Bulls play at Bridgeview... Against the Chicago Fire. Sure. The Red Bulls struggle there. They do. So this isn't... I don't think this result is surprising as the score leads us to believe. For some reason, New York just struggles in Chicago. They do. And it's it's hard, though, because you've got a Red Bulls team that is third in the East right now and a Chicago Fire team that is dead last in the league. So it's hard to say... They struggle there when I get that, but for, at the same time, if you're the Red Bulls, you got to take care of business. You do. You're, oh, you're, absolutely. you're eons yep. better than the Chicago Fire. I, you know, I just, I, I think I've said it before, I'll say it again. David Ackham. Incredible. I would, I would love to Incredible. see him on a team that actually is winning. And, Agreed. And, and, Maybe and, and that I was can wondering if FC Dallas is going to be like, so Fabian Castillo is leaving David Ackham. You're kind of the same player. Come play yeah, for except us. that Ekham plays up top, I believe. And, well, Castillo and, was more of a he could, yeah, he could dip, dive, and well, maybe DC or Vancouver should throw them in there. They're ever, they're just stockpiling forwards right now. <laughs> right. Why not? Why not at this point? Well, I'm telling you that we've seen the Fire make some odd moves, and that wouldn't surprise me if they suddenly traded their one player that the, <sighs> the fans one absolutely love. Exactly. Well, we can't say that. I mean, Brandon Vincent did make of the course. All-Star no, Brandon team. Vincent. We had him on the show last right. week. Incredibly talented and just a fun guy as a whole. Uh, RSL, they beat Philadelphia 2-1 to one in that matchup. Um, RSL, we, we talk about it, Simon, on the, on the show all the time. A team that obviously used to be very good, but in the Western Conference, they've got 34 points. You compare that to what's going on in the East, they'd be the second-best team in the East right now. Right. And they just kind of get buried in the West right now because they're 10 points behind the first-place FC Dallas right now. But they're still in the playoffs. So it, it's, a, it's a give and take in that regards. But RSL, not a bad team, 9-7-7 seven, and seven on the year. They haven't lost at home all season. They're, they're on a 10-game undefeated streak at home. Obviously, they've drawn five games as well, too. However, RSL proving that Rio Tinto is still a very hard place to win. Yeah, and they actually they have a, a game in hand over Sporting Kansas City, so they you know they win their next game, they could be in fourth. Yeah. in the West. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that one. Orlando and uh, the New England Revolution taking a battle. Uh, Orlando, of course, uh, with the victory in that one. Jason Kreis's inaugural match, which we all should have expected was going to happen. Of course, the Revolution got on the board early. They were up one nil at halftime, and then Orlando with three. Second half goals. Kyle Laren, Kevin Molino, and Kevin Molino. Yeah, Kevin Molino with two goals, 64th and 83rd minute. Uh, those were really some nice team goals as well, though. Breck Shea feeding the ball to Molino on the first goal. And then Kaká and Luke Bowden credited with that second assist. Also uh, to Kevin Molino there for Orlando, as you said, Baxter, to take this game 3-1. to one. It was one of the more exciting games. Orlando looked a little confused at the beginning, but second half, man, they just got things together. And, to be expected, though, with having a new manager on the team as well. Absolutely. I mean, you can expect that confusion a little bit, of course, but 
Now, you you, you got to credit Kevin Molino, though, too. He's really stepped it up, and I know you and I both have him on fantasy. You've been riding that train a little bit longer than I have, of course, and you're calling me a little bit of a bandwagoner. <laughs> but uh, more so out of Orlando, I, I want to get your opinion about this, is Jason Christ saying that Breck Shea is done playing left back. He said he's going to play an attacking role going forward. That's what he made his living on at FC Dallas. That's what he made his living on out in England for a couple of seasons as well. That's what he can do. He can score goals. He can make dynamic crosses. Enough of this defense. Get him up the field. I've got is no, that a good idea? I think so. Does Absolutely. that help his national team possibilities as well? If it were any other manager for the national team, <laughs> I'd be saying <laughs> yes. But, True. But, uh, yes. you know, Shea has is, is been playing, as you said, in the back this entire season. But even when he's been playing in the back, Baxter, he's been making run after run yeah. after run up into the it's been a good uh, offensive back third. Option. So now that he's not going to have to track back as far... I think you make him more powerful, more dangerous. You I make agree. that midfield more dangerous I as well. I completely agree. All and right. now you've got him feeding balls to Molino, who's also on fire right Kaka now. Kaka and Kyle Larian as well, too. So those are moving Shea up the field a little bit farther. I think was a good move overall. TFC, they get a nice 3-0 victory over Columbus. As we know, Columbus more so a mess than anything, of course. Sebastian Jovinko, he adds a goal. Josie Altidore is back. And then uh, Subara Endo also with a goal as well, the young rookie. So good to see three different guys get on the score sheet. Jovinko, of course, with two assists. Yeah, give credit to Hamilton, who was there in place of Altidore for the past few weeks. Hamilton actually had uh, quite a few string of games with a couple of goals, some yep. assists in there as well. Jordan Hamilton, yeah, he made the uh, the homegrown team this year at the MLS. Well, TF- TFC, I think, has to figure out how to keep them on the field, and if they don't... Then, it's hard, uh, though. They've got with Endo sure. and Jovinko and sure. now Altidore back. And Otherwise, you got too. some nice trade bait in there. You really do. You really do, and I think... Unfortunately, Hamilton might get the short end of that stick because Altidore is, of course, far too valuable. Anyway, and then finally, Houston and San Jose wrapped up the Dominic Kinnear Trophy uh, with a 1-1 draw. Not a surprise there. No, that's what I had predicted that game would take place anyway. So Wando, of course, getting a goal. Houston, uh, Alex getting the goal. Fun little match. statistic. Chris Wondolowski now has scored against 21 MLS teams. He scored against every active MLS team, too, yeah. to my knowledge. Yeah. That's incredible. What a guy, Chris Wondolowski. Uh, I'm right. trying to think who else, because obviously there's only there's 20 teams in the league. So uh, who disappeared? Was it that, Dallas Burn, Metro Stars? Probably Metro maybe, Stars. Maybe they are counting the old names. I think old it was names. Metro Stars. That's probably who it was. All right, Simon, let's uh, let's predict some upcoming matches here for the week in MLS real quick, okay? All right, sounds good. All right, uh, San Jose versus NYCFC. Of course, the Earthquakes hosting, but they just had that draw with the Dynamo, as we mentioned NYCFC, they are playing at a higher level than pretty much any team in the East, especially even most of the West teams right now, too, as we'll get to in a moment with our power rankings. NYCFC, in my opinion, they are going to take home a very easy victory. Listen, Frank Lampard has been doing some magic for NYCFC. San Jose is always one of those teams that's a little up, a little down. You're never quite sure what they're going to do. You know, they do have some nice uh, attacks down the wings, but NYC FC is a little stronger there anyway, so that kind of uh, takes care of that. So I agree, Baxter. I see New York City taking this one. All right. Philadelphia and D.C. United. D.C. United and Philadelphia, both teams stockpiling some new talent. They sure are, which makes us a bit of a wild card game. It really does. And I, I think our predictions are very accurate at the same time because this game could go either way. I go the D.C. United way because of the new outside wingers, the new forward combinations. Defensively, of course, D.C. United is still much of a mess, as most East teams are. But sometimes offense is all you need. 
True, but it's because of how weak DC is in the back that I'm actually taking Philadelphia on this. I'm excited to see Bedoya in there. Yeah. Um, you know, is is he going to be suited up for this game? Do we know that? I have not officially heard. I, I believe he will be. Though. Okay, if he is, I'm. You know, he's going to be excited to be in there. He's going to want to show his stuff. Makes sense. So I'm. You know, they're they're stronger up top. Philadelphia. That's why I'm taking the Union. Okay, Montreal and Houston. As we know, Houston struggling just significantly. Montreal. Just always a good team. They're just fun to watch. They're just a great product. Drogba. Piotti. Piotti. Those are the two names I was going to say. Montreal. Yep. Same for me as well. So that means, you know, of course, Houston's going to surprise us by like six goals. goals. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Just an absolute blowout, and Drogba's going to tear his ankle in the first three seconds. TFC and the Revolution. Uh, The Revs right now are not in a very good place. Uh, they're, They're in the playoffs. Technically, if they were to start today, they're in sixth place. Just... Inconsistent. They've been consistently yes. inconsistent yes. all yes. season long, yes. and they they just are struggling. They well, really again, are. you got Javinko up top. You got Altidore back. Uh, it's too many teams. Yeah, TFC. Too, too many teams. TFC on my part as well. Uh, Vancouver and Colorado. Now we know Colorado. They're coming off that five-one loss last week. Vancouver. They're also coming off of a two-nil loss uh, to FC Dallas last week. But Vancouver made a couple of moves. Colorado. Will they switch out Tim Howard? Doubtful. Will we see Sebastian Latou in the midfield for Colorado? More than likely. But will Vancouver pull an upset, possibly, in a very hard-to-win Dick Sporting Goods Park? Well, and that's the thing, is if if there's one home field that has an advantage, I mean, they're playing at altitude. They are. Colo- and in that respect, Colorado should never, ever, ever tire out. You know, you're playing at altitude for your home games, yeah. and then you go to those nice oxygen-filled places <laughs> anywhere else. Uh it's tiring you out just thinking about that it's lack like, of oxygen. Ah. <laughs> hmm. uh, but no, I've got I've got Colorado in this one. I think they're going to bounce back. They're actually going to hmm. use that five one loss as a huge motivator. Vancouver they they've just been struggling. They have no. I, and I know I, they've I made some moves, but um, Austin has not had the best of seasons. You're right. No, I completely agree with you on that one. And, and traditionally, I would say yes, I'm all aboard the the Colorado train, but. It's because of the recent that that five one game. I think teams like Vancouver, who have options, Kikuta Mane, they now have you know a couple other guys with Giles Barnes coming in. They're looking for the opportunity to really step up and say, you know what, we're tired of being the whooping child in the Western Conference. We want to show that we are a decent team, and I think they're going to surprise people. And it's not going to be a, a a blowout pretty game like NYCFC put on them, but I think Vancouver finds a way to steal a victory in this one. Well, one last thing I'm going to say about this. I, I'm going with a little bit of history. Colorado has two losses. Yeah. You know what happened after each loss? They won. They won. Yeah. But again, that was with McMath and goal. Of course. <laughs> of course. We'll see what Timmy Howard does. All right, RSL in Chicago. We don't need to spend much time here. RSL. RSL. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Portland and Sporting Kansas City for the like 85th time. This feels like this season yes. on Fox and ESPN and Unimas and every other channel. That's a major network because Portland won MLS Cup. <laughs> You're very Sporting. bitter about this. It's stupid. <laughs> every same, league does it, though. The same every five league. teams are on national that's television. Why, that's, why, that's why you see the Packers on. They're on like know. three times a no, year. No, no. Three or four times. Baxter, they are not on Monday it was Night Football. Three years ago, they were on seven, seven of their games were national broadcast games. And nobody complained. <laughs> That's my point. Every league does it. Ah, it's annoying now because Portland and Sporting... NBA, NBA, which team is on every time? Cleveland Cavaliers. Them and Golden or the State. Lakers. 
or the Lakers and Golden State and Oklahoma. It's the same like four or five. Exactly. Teams. It's like the Yankees and the Red Sox. So no matter how when the refs start actually winning championships, they still won't be on national. Television. Well, it's because they play boring soccer. They so really do. Too. It's so <laughs> God, I love them. Love them. Love them. I'm going to go with the draw. Boring. A boring draw. I'm I'm taking Sporting. Interesting. Okay. Why? I, I, well, you got Dom Dwyer sure. going against a very weak back line, as You're I right. talked about. Benny Fellhopper sneaking in from the midfield. I can understand that. Uh, Portland still has a couple of attacking options, though. They still have Diego Valeri. They do, it's but not... you got to get the ball up front for that to happen. Yeah. Dead balls. Hey, free y- kicks you from know, eight, you know free me. Free kicks from 60 yards. If there's one game I'm happy to be wrong about, Same for me with it. the TFC Revs game. <laughs> I will not say a single word. If they win, I'll be like, dang it, my prediction was wrong. I'll be like, yes. Uh, Orlando and Seattle, the two teams with just crazy narratives. New coaches, Orlando. I have Kyle Laren and Kevin Molino right now. Yeah. Um, who's the big player Seattle just got, though, from Uruguay? Oh, he actually yeah. played very well. We forgot to mention him. We, and I'm sorry I don't have his name I on me right here. Right now. Uh, I know who you're talking about, though. I'm, I'm going to pull it up before we move on because I don't want to sound like a total... Nicholas Lodero. Lodero. He played fantastic. I'm telling you, he can... He can put this team on his shoulders and carry them, but not past Orlando. Yes. But no, it, he, he looked fantastic even in the, that draw against L.A. In fact, I would argue that he's the main reason that that game ended in 1-1 draw because he kept hammering that L.A. goal and kept hammering that L.A. goal. Just wouldn't go in. Well done. All but right. I have Orlando, just to be clear. Yep, I do too. Finally, the Red Bulls and the Galaxy. This is a tough one, Backstar. It's in L.A., and usually I'd pick L.A. because of that travel. I'm going to take a draw on this. Interesting. Okay. I mean, Robbie Keane and company, they're playing some they really playing sexy soccer right yes. now. Yes, they are. I've got the Galaxy. I think they're going to yeah. take home the victory in this one. I think they are, too, but I'm sticking with my draw. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let us know your thoughts, of course, on social media. I two just up did. Front on oh, Facebook. you're talking to everybody else. Of course, yes. And uh, at 2UpfrontSoccer on Twitter, at Baxter Colburn. That's Simon Proven. And always you can email us as well, too. You've got more than 140 characters worth of thoughts. Two upfrontsoccer at gmail.com. We'll take one final break. When we come back, we'll give you our power rankings, our I believes, and finish out the show. You're listening to Two Upfront, presented by shopfutsal.com. Welcome back inside the studio. Two up front, presented by ShopFootsall.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. Simon Provan. All right, let's close up this show. We've had a great show. We've had Andy Davi of the Milwaukee Torrenton, and then, of course, Ian Bennett from all over the world, basically. Right. He's an international renaissance man, and uh, just a great guy to chat with as well. The the, the, the chihuahua. I don't know if that's going to catch on, but... Uh, the... I just... I just there's, there's a different dog. I can't think of it, but he's, he's not a... It's not, it's a, not a chihuahua. But his personality is always just like, he's always just... Whoosh, whoosh, yeah, whoosh. but like chihuahuas are like skittish. You know, Ian's not he's skittish. Kind of skittish. He's, he's, yeah, he's determined. <laughs> <laughs> when he's not playing soccer, he's just kind of jittery. He's kind of all over the place. And <laughs> chihuahuas are kind of jittery. I don't know. He's a nice guy. He means well, of course. But anyway, <laughs> let's look at our power rankings here as we, uh, as we wrap things up on another edition of Two Up Front. All right, looking at our power rankings... Um, only we actually have a little bit of a difference this week. There's a, we don't have these exact same teams Mm-mm. for the first time in what feels like a long time. But also, we haven't done power rankings in what feels like a good fortnight. A fortnight, a the fortnight, man says. at least. A good three or four fortnights. <laughs> a seventh night. I don't know. It's been a long time. Since it's been, been a while. It has been, yes. It, it really has. So, all right. Um, how, do we, how do we want to do this this week, then? Do you want to start oh. at a certain spot? Well, I think or? we should let people know that these are our... 
17th inaugural power rankings. <laughs> Basically, yes. Um, and this, let me look, let me look, let me look. Uh, how do we want to do this? Um, sure, I'll go first. We've got an old friend returning to our top spot as well. We do. We can tease it with that. All right. But not who you may think. So I actually have a major drop. You do. We had Colorado up there for the longest time, Baxter. Then I, had, I dropped them to number three a few weeks ago. And since returning to these power rankings since then, I dropped them down to five. Yeah. Lots of draws. And I'm sorry, you get, you get demolished Blown five to out. one. You don't have a – seems to be an offensive threat anymore. Down to number five, barely hanging in there. I'd agree with you on that one. Only and holding you, on by your, accolades. Your number five is the team who I have looking in to okay. take their spot. That makes sense. Well, I will, I will say I do have Colorado in my power rankings, but they, they were – uh, number two way back a couple of weeks ago, um, and I'll get to where they are in a little bit in mind. So they have hung around, but they're not at five. They're a little bit higher. But, yeah, my number five team is on a three-game win streak right now. I say what you will about the teams they're playing and who they're beating, but they're beating them in bunches, though. They're not just they're not just yeah. scoring one-nil yeah. victories. It's TFC. You know, Josie Altidore coming back is a huge cog, of course. But Giovinco, the man that can find a way to score a goal from any angle, but he's so selfless at the same time. He he's got you know incredible abilities to assist the ball from anywhere over in the park, and it's just it's incredible to watch. And I, I think it's about time TFC cracks my top five. Will they continue to to move up? I don't know because the teams ahead of them, in my opinion, are still much better, of course, and could right. still beat TFC any day. You know, and they they did obviously have a very recent quality win Wednesday night, beating Real Salt Lake one yes, zero. It's a hard team to beat, uh, and that's what has me having them on the outside looking in and and when I say looking in I mean they're like they've got they've got their right foot in the door and they're about to blast out. You have open. like instead of for Colorado you have like Colorado FC basically it's like <laughs> That's right yes Toronto yes. Colorado yeah FC. something like that I like that with uh with, yes exactly. Speaking of FC we both have the uh, same team at number 4 yes. FC Dallas Yes FC Dallas uh for me they were number one last time we were we were here, and they were number one for you last time we were here as well. So for those that, of course, that follow FC Dallas, we've had a couple of shifts and changes uh, in MLS as a whole. FC Dallas, of course, still the best team in the league as well. It's kind of hard to see that the best team in the league with 44 points, Simon, is number four in our power rankings. Well, part of that, you know, is they've recovered well from their they 5-0 loss no, to Seattle, which, again, that was a B team. But still, other teams got through that. Uh, you know those midweek games yeah. with with victories. And I agree. Then they beat Chicago three to one. Okay, everybody's beating Chicago. Uh, they they draw with Colorado, who again we're starting to see not as impressive as a team. And they were that, losing that we in were. that game too. That's that's correct. And then they beat Vancouver two zero. And again, a lot of teams are beating Vancouver right now. I mean, Grant. Well, I say that. Then again, Vancouver's only lost two out of their last six. But draw after draw after draw after draw. Um, How long so is just, Vancouver? I can't think of his name right now. How long does he still have a job? I wonder. I can't think of Vancouver's head coach's name right now. I can see Carl Robinson. That's who it is. I wonder. Ah, uh, he's got a job for a while. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you never know. All right, uh, moving on to number three. Uh, I teased it, of course, uh, saying that they were number two a couple of weeks ago. Now they're number three, Colorado. Um, they're they're mostly on accolade than anything. I mean, they've lost. I know recently five one, but. They they won 15 straight, or they they didn't win, but sure. they were undefeated sure. for 15 sure. straight. It's still hard to deny the last couple of games for them. I think this is a blemish on their record, but still a very quality team. Yeah, my number three, I have Montreal. Interesting, and good to see them back in the power rankings. Well, you though. know, it's been a long time, and it's not just them winning. They're not even winning in great bunches. I mean, no. they've got three wins over their last nine, ten games. 
But very recently, I mean, Drogba gets a hat trick. Piatti's been hot. Going if if the playoffs started today, to me, they're one of the favorites to win. And oh, that's, yeah. that's one of the things that I base these rankings off of. You know, I would yeah. agree with you on that. They one. had that loss a couple weeks ago to New York City, but then they come back from that and beat Philadelphia five to one. Not a bad way to silence the critics, right. as, as some folks like to say. All right, um, we both share number twos and number ones. Uh, I'll let you introduce our number one, so we'll get to number two real fast. It is the New York Red Bulls for both of us. And uh, a team, as we've mentioned on the program, that is a very good team. They're in third right now, of course, in the, uh, in, the in the Eastern, Eastern Conference. Conference yeah. But still not a team that's fully blowing us out of the park, though, right now, wouldn't you say? No, I mean, you know, they did blow their rivals out of the park 4-1 to one back there on July 24th. But they're in, a, they're in a period right now where it's draw, win, draw, win. And, uh, you know, they drew against Portland, which was impressive back on the 10th. But beyond that, it's Eastern Conference teams, which is not really that impressive, and especially when you go to Chicago and draw 2-2, even if you have a history of not doing well in Chicago. I want to see these teams... That's gonna. I want to see the team that's going to be number one be able to go to a place that they've struggled at and actually win that game. No, you're absolutely uh, right. You know, but Jesse Marsh has this team firing well. You know, Bradley Wright Phillips is starting to find the back of the goal again. Sasha Klestian's found the back of the goal a couple of times. Which, He's uh, found everybody's feet, too. Exactly, right. He's been in, right. impeccable when it comes to dishing out these assists recently. I just like to see their back. You know, again, it all comes down to defense. I'd like to see their, their defense get a little bit more organized. And if they do, watch out. Agreed. All right. Who is our number one team quickly? Number one. We haven't said them, so you've probably figured this out. If you haven't, you don't follow MLS. It is the LA Galaxy. Yes. The LA Galaxy, as we've mentioned um, quietly, sitting, I think they're still in third right now in the West. Could be totally okay, wrong. Check, but regardless, Baxter, the, <laughs> just look at their record though. Their recent run of form: three, four wins in a row, sandwiched between a few they draws. They know what they're doing. They're they know how they're moving up. And even that that game against Seattle, you know, Seattle really had that game. And for LA to walk out of that stadium with one point was actually incredibly impressive. You're right. You're absolutely right. All right, let's move along to our final segment of the show. <laughs> All right, it is our I Believe segment where Simon and I both offer a statement that we believe will take place in the soccer world. And I will be leading off this week. I believe that I will be leading <laughs> off this week, Simon. That was mine this week, so you could like go that. ahead and go like now. That. So I believe that I will go first. No, Simon, um, I believe, and I was I was very outlandish with my I Believe this last week, and I kind of made Chris Blakely, I think, fall off of his fall out of his <laughs> chair. Uh, I don't know if you heard me. What my I believe was last week. I have to be honest with you, I did not. My I believe last week was that I believe that Jason Christ will inspire Orlando City to make the playoffs. Ooh. Yes. I don't think that's far off at all. Yeah, and that's why it was so out of left field, though, when I made that statement. That it, if you listen back, Chris Blakely literally sits there for a good five seconds. He's <laughs> silent. He's like, huh. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't. Yeah. Wow. Like, I was like, should I, is that okay? He's like, yeah, no, I just, (laughs) wow, I didn't think about that. I was like, yeah. Why not? So I don't know if I'm going to be as outlandish this week. Yeah, but, um, I still don't think that's outlandish, though. I think that's very reasonable. Yeah, no, of course, I, I get to say this after seeing Orlando win their first yes, game with Jason Christ. I agree with you on that one. I mean, I'm going to play actually off of your Montreal semi-prediction that you just kind of made. I believe that uh, when the playoffs start, Montreal will at least, at minimum, make the Eastern Conference Finals. I believe that they're going to have a terrific run. I think they've got all the right pieces. Evan Bush continues to surprise me with how good of a goalkeeper he actually is. 
And then, of course, any team that has Drogba and Piatti on it, healthy, of course, is a massive threat. They just are. So that's what I believe, is that the Montreal Impact will, at minimum, make the Eastern Conference championships. Baxter, for mine. Yes. By the way, I like that. Thank you. Obviously, as I, I kind of, as you said, foreshadowed that during the show. Indeed, yes. Came out recently. It came out, I'm doing those with air quotes, slipped that MLS may be charging up to $200 million for their yep. expansion teams. Uh Fans are flipping out saying, why is MLS asking for so much money? First of all, Baxter, it's a business. They get to ask for whatever they want. Second of of all, I'm going to say this. I believe it's not unreasonable. The Seattle Sounders by Forbes are considered to be valued at $234 million. How interesting. So if you have, and and there's a few other teams that are up near that $200 million Hmm. number. Okay. So if that's what these current teams are valued at, then it only makes sense to start asking for that much money. Now, the problem I have with it is when you've got the league saying, we don't have any money. You know, we're not we're not making money. Don you got, Garber's, own, you got you owners know. saying that, well, we can't afford to pay more than $51,000 for a minimum contract. Yes, you can. It's plenty of money. So this also means that the players, if this happens, the players have to hold strong on the next CBA, which comes up in three years, I believe. I think so. Boy, maybe I'll make another I believe right here. I believe the next CBA that comes up, we're going to see MLS have its first player strike. Interesting. Interesting. If if the league's asking for this much money, that means it's a lot healthier. Yeah. And you found out an interesting fact about this too, about a team that was like, "Sure, we'll do it." Oh, FC Cincinnati. Hmm. Yeah, they were they were asked by uh, it was either ESPN or Sports Illustrated, one, one of the one of the big guns, yep. and uh, they asked the owners, you know, if if this is what MLS is asking for, because FC Cincinnati is they want in it. discussion for yeah. an MLS expansion team. Their reply was, "Sure, we can do that." Whatever. And again, if you got an owner saying, "Sure, we can do that." then you can pay your players a lot more. I agree. I absolutely agree. All right. Well, special thank you to our guest this week, Ian Bennett of the Milwaukee Wave Torrent and Canadian Futsal Team, and, of course, the owner of the Milwaukee Torrent, Andy Davia, and the head coach as well. Special thanks to both of them. Special thanks to all of you for tuning in. Reminder, you can get the show on Fridays, 11.30 a.m. Central Time, right here on the Sports Podcasting Network on Spreaker.com and on demand on iTunes and iHeartRadio as well. You can also find us on Facebook Two up front on Twitter at Two Up Front Soccer. You can find me at, at Simon Provan. You can find him at Baxter Colburn. You can also find us on our webpage, twoupfrontsoccer.com. Yes, indeed. We've got a great show in store for you again next week, so make sure you check it out. Until then, he's Simon Provan, and I'm Baxter Colburn with our manager being the one above. We are Two Up Front. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. ba 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 ba